Hey everybody, this is Sarah Benincasa. Welcome to Well, This Isn't Normal, the show where we talk about life now um, and all of this and how we deal with all of this. I am your host. I sometimes bring you episodes that are more slickly produced (laughs) that, you know, involve intro music and transitions and um, not my cat walking right across my desk as I sit in my place in in New York City, surrounded by boxes that have just been delivered from California, where I used to live. Today is, is, is is a chill day. You are going to hear bird noises in the background. Um, I have not set up a home recording studio yet. I did just want to say hi and check in because I haven't said hi in a while. And I hope you don't mind the sounds that you'll hear in the background. Um, They will include but not be limited to the fan turning on, my cat walking around, birds, uh, cars passing by. It's New York City, so at some point someone could randomly just start screaming. Um, You know, really anything could happen. Um, I'm so glad to be here with you. I am glad to be here on this planet alive. I'm glad that I've got a cat. I'm glad that I've got this podcast. This is the first episode that I've done since... um, April of 2021. And that's because I had a lot of things to work on. Um, I had to get a place to live in New York. Well, I didn't have to, but I chose to. Um, That involved some work. And there was moving my stuff from where I was renting a place in New Jersey. There was finally getting the stuff from California that had been sitting in storage for 10 months. Um, I had a situation where the the moving company with which I had stored my stuff decided uh, that they last minute, two weeks before they were supposed to move my stuff cross country, they were just like, yeah, we don't feel like doing a cross country move. So I found some other folks who did it instead. And, uh, you know, just working. And one of my books is called Real Artists Have Day Jobs for a Reason. So working. I got to write on a show that I really dig called Mystery Science Theater 3000. I wrote on a couple episodes of that, a show that I've loved since I was a child. And um, I'll let you know when when those episodes are out. I think it's going to be a really awesome next season. I think it's the 10 millionth season, if I remember correctly. And, you know... It's hard sometimes to focus, isn't it, these days? I mean, I have plenty of friends who have adult ADHD, which perhaps I should just call ADHD, Attention Deficit and Hyperactivity Disorder. Um, I'm sure there are better, you know, names for it that I don't know about. Uh, I'm always learning more from people who do advocacy around whether it's neurodiversity, it's mental health issues, it's gosh, anything, you know, any kind of health issue, any kind of um, difference. Some people call it disability. Some people call it difference. Some people call it something altogether. But what I'm trying to say is that I'm constantly learning from different communities who are experiencing 
that which varies from the quote unquote received notion of normal. So what do I mean by that? I suppose now that I'm thinking about it, I should define what is the received notion of normal in these United States. So I guess that would be someone who's white, right? That That is the standard that we see on, on television. That is, uh, you know, most medical studies, right, are done on white people. Um, and they are more often done on me- white men than white women. So I guess when I'm thinking about groups that are underserved because their experience varies from what is considered normal, baseline, I'm thinking of folks who are not white, who are not cisgender, who are not men, who are not middle to upper class, who were not born in these United States, whose primary language is not English, who do not experience the world in what is called a neurotypical way. And obviously I'm trying to choose my language carefully here because it's, it's really odd to think, okay, if I were watching a television show or a film or reading a study and they say the average person in America, the average person in the United States of America, what do they mean by that? What, well, I don't know what that would actually mean, but what, what do they probably mean by that? So I'm trying to envision that person. And I, and I picture a, a white guy probably has a light brown hair and wears a suit and um, walks without assistance, um, hears without assistance, speaks without assistance. I'm going all over the place with this. But now, of course... It, it brings it back to the very sort of notion of, of this show. Well, this isn't normal, is how I felt when we first began our journey into quarantine and a pandemic life. And of course, this show is meant to sort of explode the notion of what is normal. Well, there is no normal. But just as we know, there is no quote unquote normal. I'll stop saying quote unquote. You know I'm putting scare quotes around that term, okay? We've got that. Just because we we know that there's no real such thing as normal doesn't mean that we are not sold an idea of that which is acceptable. And if you fit the kind of description I just said, by the way, like, I don't want you to feel excluded from this podcast, you know cisgender heterosexual (laughs) uh white dudes are welcome to the party yes you are everybody's welcome to the party here because you know what people who fit those very very general terms i just said they're not normal either nothing's normal well i hope you've involved that you've enjoyed that somewhat incoherent babbling I really just wanted to check in and tell you all I appreciate you. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're alive. <laughs> if you're listening, you're either still alive or you are a some kind of ghost with access to the internet. I'm glad that my cat is digging into a box right now. Let me tell you something. 
After months of me sleeping on a mattress, a very nice mattress, surprisingly affordable, on the floor, and just kind of doing my thing here in a place that felt like a lovely Airbnb, a surprise, a shockingly personalized Airbnb, because there were various things of mine here. Now that this place is full of boxes and it's like the final phase of this move, uh, my cat has never been so thrilled. So many boxes to climb on, into, under, different types of taste, tasting boxes. She's chewing one right now. Different types of, of packing tape to try and eat. Different types of random plastic. She's met more people. She's getting better with meeting people. Um, curious about them, sniffing people, swiping at them, hissing at them, not using her claws, not using her teeth, and then coming over to them and trying to snuggle with them. It's quite an adventure over here. I, uh, I don't usually plan this podcast out very well. Because I'm not normal. This podcast isn't normal. Nothing's fucking normal these days. The place where I exercise told us we got to start wearing masks again. I am very cool with that. But you know what? I got really used to huffing and puffing without a mask on for a minute. There was no outbreak or anything at the studio. They're just following CDC guidelines, as they should. And I'm glad I'm glad to be there. I'm glad to have the experience there. Lots of hand sanitizer, lots of space, high ceilings, lots of fans, all that jazz. But I still know it's a risk. I, I know it's a risk to go and, and do my exercise there, but I also know that doing it, as a vaccinated person, by the way, double vaxxed, of course, thank goodness, um, as a vaccinated person, I, I, you know, I still know walking out of my house, I could, I could interact with somebody up close, um, I could forget uh, for a moment, I could, you know, we know there's all different ways to, to contract coronavirus. Uh, we know that if you are vaccinated, you are probably not going to end up in the hospital. You are almost certainly not going to die of this thing if you get it, if you're vaccinated. But it happens. You might get sick. You might get real sick. The vaccines just drastically cut down on deaths by COVID-19 and hospitalizations for COVID-19. And that is really incredible. But it doesn't, it's not a cure-all. We don't have a cure. If we don't have a cure for the common cold or common flu, we sure as fuck don't have a cure for this thing yet. And I don't know that we will in my lifetime. And I don't know how long my lifetime is or your lifetime. So that returns me again to saying how grateful I am to be here, to be alive, to be babbling without a plan on this podcast. Now, my goal in the beginning was an episode a day. And then it became an episode a week, and then it was a few episodes a month, and then it was sort of occasional, and that's how it's been. But what I am saying to you, I am, I am making a commitment. I'm making a commitment that I'm going to do at least two episodes a month. I do not know what the schedule is going to be. I will figure that out. I love a schedule. It's very helpful. I hit my sober person meetings on a schedule. I exercise on a schedule. I get up on a schedule. Things go well. I vary from the schedule. Things go pretty well still. I ignore a schedule. Things don't go well. 
So I am committing to you that a couple times a month, at least, I'm going to have this this podcast. I'm letting you know straight up that right now, as I'm sure the microphone is picking up. What is somebody listening to? Oh, that's the guy who walks by sometimes um, with a, a, a boombox sort of strapped to him and he plays country music. Is that Dolly? I don't know if you all can hear it, but I can. Delightful. New York City, baby. New York City, baby. I'm going to put together something that's going to deaden some of the sound. I love this, actually. (laughs) We're going to figure it out, okay? So this is me checking in. This is me telling you. I am going to therapy. I'm taking my meds. I'm going to my job that I'm grateful to have. I am writing when I can. I am drinking water tracking what I eat the water I drink you know why because if I don't I won't drink water and uh, I'll eat nothing or everything I am going to my sober person things I am staying in touch with my family and trying to maintain appropriate boundaries staying in touch with friends I'm gonna maintain appropriate boundaries taking good care of my cat I'm gonna go to the eye doctor I'm gonna get my stitches out from a uh, little, little, very minor outpatient surgery at the dermatologist, aka the skin cancer doctor. I don't have skin cancer, but I did when I was 18. I'm committing to you. I'm going to wear my SPF. I want you to as well, regardless of how much melanin you have. It is a pernicious myth that people with darker skin tones cannot get skin cancer. That's not true. And in fact, it is likelier to be diagnosed later in people of color in part for this reason and because when it presents it looks a little different and darker skin and some dermatologists are not used to looking for it and certainly people of color generally speaking don't get the emphasis that some of us pale white people do on um, how to check yourself and how to do a scan so i'm just saying google look it up how to check for yourself regardless of your skin tone Anyway, I'm committing to you. I'm doing the self-care things. I'm also committing to you. Sometimes I'm going to fall off and then I'm going to get back on the horse. And I'm saying all this to you because in this time that is absolutely not normal, that kind of stuff can sustain us. I, uh, I forget. I forget how tough this time is. And I want to read you something that I saw on the internet. Can you believe it? the internet <laughs> that I, I that my friend Dre shared and um, I found it to be rather profound. It is simple and it's real and it's important. Now you may hear helicopters, airplanes. We could be going to LaGuardia, to and from LaGuardia, to and from JFK, to and from Newark to and from Trenton, to and from uh, Islip, to and from a helipad for rich people, to and from a hospital helipad. I mean, we're in a new world here. You know, you have been with me in when I was living in Eagle Rock, Los Angeles, California, when I was living in central Jersey, shout out to Somerset County, where I live, shout out to Hunterdon County, where I'm from, shout out to Chris Gethard, 
Mikey D and Bonaduce on the New Jersey is the World Wotown podcast, which I was so happy to get to do. Shout out to Parker Malloy on Parker's podcast, which I forget the name of right now, which I recently did. Parker's out in Chicago. Chicago's great too. Anyway, um, we are in New York City. It's di- it's different, baby. New York. <laughs> okay, so let me find this thing. Okay, so this is something that my friend Dre Dre, who's Dre Andre D R E E A N D R E E. That's D R E E A N D R E E on Instagram. A lovely actress, a very cool person, a mama, a friend. She reposted this and it's, it was posted on um, Seeding Sovereignty. Seeding Sovereignty. And uh, it, it in itself, I, 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 you know, as a daughter of a librarian, it's important to me to tell you the sources, right? So my friend Ray posted it. It was posted on Seeding Sovereignty with credit given to Latinx Parenting on Instagram. And Latinx Parenting posted it with credit. <laughs> Credit to Gwen Snyder. All right, ready? Here we go. This is from Gwen Snyder on Twitter. I think a lot of people need to hear this. You just went through 1.5 years of a profound ongoing threat to your health, well-being, life, social isolation, aggressive disinformation, political turmoil, and financial uncertainty. Of course, all caps from at Gwen Snyder PHL. Of course, all caps, you are not functioning at your peak. Of course, you are stressed out, burned out, unproductive, disconnected, anxious, depressed, exhausted, aching, and or sad. You are traumatized. This is what trauma does to the human mind, to the human body, to human relationships. That goes double, triple, quadruple if you're an active caretaker or support person for folks in your family, community, network of relationships. You've been carrying your trauma and the trauma of others. That shit compounds on itself. Ditto if you come from an oppressed community. And this is making me think about what I was saying earlier, somewhat coherently. An oppressed community, you you are somebody who is not considered the norm. That's thing one. And then pile everything else on top of that, that you have to deal with, with your particular constellation of so-called differences. Okay, back to Gwen. Ditto if you come from an oppressed community. You're dealing with all this trauma, everyone's shouldering, plus the everyday trauma of oppression, plus the scapegoating of oppressed community in times of fascism and crisis, e.g. now. That is a lot. With all the pressure and gaslighting that's happening around normalization pushes right now, there's a concerted effort to make folks feel like we should be back to normal. Physically, mentally, emotionally, that is not how trauma works. It isn't just some cold you get over. Give yourself permission to not be okay. Give yourself permission to not be somehow spontaneously healed, as though that were possible. Don't let capitalism gaslight you into feeling like you're broken for the absolutely predictable experience of being traumatized by trauma. And I thought about what Gwen wrote there, and I thought, okay, I'm not very educated on the history of different systems of economics. So uh, I won't be quoting different economic philosophers to you. I think, however, that what Gwen is saying, I think Gwen is a she, I'm not positive. So I'm making an assumption there, my apologies. I'll say they, they, they's right there. So I think what they're saying is that in a world where, that runs 
on Duncan. What's up, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez in a world that runs on profit, right? Money, retail, retail in a, a, a in a world that doesn't run on shared resources, at least ostensibly in a world that runs on um, I'm going to make as much as I can and you should make as much as you can. And if you don't, that's your fault. It's not the fault of the market or anything else. It's just probably your fault. In a world where we're supposed to buy stuff in order to demonstrate that we care about our communities, which I do think is real. I do think we should purchase locally, right? Purchase within the community, um, put resources into our community. But the idea that we're sold is not that. It's like, go to Walmart and buy a bunch of shit. Awesome. Get a bunch of TVs. Keep this economic engine moving. It's your duty as an American, which is bullshit. There's this idea that, like, you should be purchasing expensive things or just lots of things. Buying, buying, buying. Going, going, going. Go back to normal. Go all, do all the normal stuff. Book, book six cruises. Don't just book one. Buy a bunch of this and a bunch of that. Go out there and pay for expensive experiences. Forgetting, ignoring, pretending that you're not in pain. So perform this, this notion of okayness, of normalcy, by spending money. And listen, I get sucked into it all the time. I do it. I do it all the time. But this is reminding me, thank you at Gwen Snyder PHL on Twitter, they are reminding me, don't let capitalism gaslight you into feeling like you're broken for the absolutely predictable experience of being traumatized by trauma. Because you know what, gang? Maybe we don't want to go to the party and maybe we shouldn't, even if it's outdoors, even if it's socially distant. Maybe we're just tired. Maybe we're having trouble sitting on the phone like my friend had to with unemployment for hours, waiting, waiting, waiting to get through. Maybe we're having trouble giving our all at work because we are all just isn't what it used to be. Back to Gwen. As much as you can, give yourself space and time and above all grace. We are still living under deeply frightening and traumatic circumstances. You're not going to heal overnight, especially when the infliction of these wounds is still active and ongoing. I will say as an aside, I was so glad when Naomi Osaka spoke about withdrawing from um, competition earlier this year to take care of her mental health, I am so glad that Simone Biles said the same thing at the Olympics this week. They both got a lot of shit for it, called entitled and blah, blah, blah. They also got a lot of praise for it. And let's add our voices to that praise. Because especially as young women of color, especially as young black women, especially as young black women athletes, the amount of shit that they've had to put up with, the amount of sexism, racism, ageism, I'm sure, in their respective sports. I mean, gosh, everything under the sun. You're too old. You're too big. You're too small. You're too this. You're too that and beyond and beyond on and on. The fact that they can function as humans is amazing to me. And yes, they have a lot of privilege. And yes, they are powerful. But that doesn't mean that you don't get to rest. So if you are listening and you're like, well, I, I, I can pay my rent. I, I, I'm a piece of shit if I take a, a day off from work. Uh, I should be there. Or I, I suck if I feel sad. Or I shouldn't feel so bad. I didn't get coronavirus. Nobody I knew got coronavirus. It's 
it's all swirling in the air, literally and metaphorically, this tension. I'm not saying everybody's experience is equal or everybody's experience is um, as urgent or as painful. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you are listening to this, you are alive in this time period, you get to feel tired. Back to Gwen. What we're going through is not okay. Give yourself permission to be not okay. You aren't weak. You aren't lazy. You aren't doing the hard labor of, sur or excuse me, you are. You're doing the hard labor of survival. It's taxing. That's not on you. I'm going to say that again. What we're going through is not okay. Give yourself permission to be not okay. You aren't weak. You aren't lazy. You're doing the hard labor of survival. It's taxing. That's not on you. So the root of, of what I do as an artist, not as an artiste, as an artist, as a storyteller, as a writer, um, of essays, of books, of occasionally of scripts, of uh, ridiculous jokes for robot puppets. <laughs> what a joy and a privilege and, and an honor to get to do that with some great people. Um, the purpose of what I do in, in those ways, the purpose of what I do as a storyteller on a podcast, um, storyteller on a stage, the purpose of this shit, this stuff, the purpose of what I do is twofold. One is to make other people feel less alone. And two, what it's really about is to make me feel less alone. Selfish altruism. That is something I talked about on the podcast early on. It is something that I'll continue to talk about. And and it's tongue in cheek when I say selfish, because I don't I don't think it's selfish. I think that being of service is a wonderful thing. Um, if you were raised in a faith tradition where you were taught that you had to give until you bled your last drop, that you had to suffer in order to be worthy of God's love, we do not preach that here. We learned that, meaning me. I learned that, but it's not true. I do not believe it's true. I believe that we get to experience pleasure and delight and joy and happiness and fun and sexiness if you want that and glorious celibacy if you want that or even if you don't want that you're dealing with the celibacy make it glorious uh <laughs> look I, there's enough there's enough talk about involuntary celibacy i know plenty of voluntary celibates who are doing great so you get to enjoy the human experience. You get to experience the pleasures of the body, the mind, the soul, if there is such a thing. I do think there is such a thing. I hope it it goes on after we're gone. If you heard my ghost stories from earlier episodes when I was living in Jersey in a potentially haunted condominium, um, then you know I think maybe it goes on. I don't know. I, I all I have said I am Scully and Mulder combined philosophically. I believe in everything. I believe in nothing. It's all bullshit and it's all real. Um, you get to have the full human experience. What Zorba the Greek called the full catastrophe. That's where John Kabat-Zinn, PhD, got the title of his best-selling and life-saving work, Full Catastrophe Living. If you want to go back and listen to earlier podcast episodes, I highly encourage it. You'll hear from some fascinating people. I will get some guests back on this show for you. We will do that. And sometimes it'll just be me. Sometimes it'll be really short episodes with breathing techniques or just check-ins. 
Other times it'll be long episodes. I've been listening to Las Culturistas, which I love. Matt Rogers and Bo and Yang, those hot pieces of butt. And they did a series of like three episodes for their top 200 moments in culture ever in 2020. That's so funny and ridiculous. And each episode is like an hour and 45 to two hours. It's so fucking long and great. Um, some of these episodes will be super long, but more of them will be shorter. I also, by the way, I, I love Jesus and Marrow. Um, I recommend stuff you missed in history class. I recommend what else? Let me, let me recommend some other things to you while we're at it, while we're talking about joy and pleasure and how you deserve that. What I am an audiobook stan. I follow them and write them creepy letters. What an interesting term that is that, that, that has been adopted. Um, uh, a book called When the Past is Present by David Rico, R-I-C-H-O, Ph.D. The Moral Epistles by Seneca the Younger. The book Keep Moving by Maggie Smith, who has a new book out called Goldenrod, which I'm downloading right now. How to Be an Adult in Relationships by David Rico. The Art of Solitude by Stephen Batchelor, which was wild. He talked about being a monk and about leaving being a Buddhist monk and a lot about psychedelics and so much vomiting on ayahuasca. And I was like, OK, this is a lot. Um, but good for him. He had a good time. There's a book called Come As You Are, which is a classic by Emily Nagoski, PhD. It's about sex. Um, the Sandman uh, by our beloved Neil Gaiman, who's a wonderful, delightful human, and Dirk Maggs. Um, What else do we have? Oh, we have You'll Never Believe What Happened to Lacey by Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar. Sisters to the stars. They are stars. At the Center of All Beauty by Fenton Johnson, which is beautiful. That is very much about about solitude and being a solitary. Um, it includes some references to Walt Whitman and Emily Dickinson, who I have been thinking about a lot lately. I was in a restaurant and bar the other day, drinking my cold brew coffee, and there's a picture of Walt Whitman right up there on the wall. What a guy. He's, he's, he's pretty beloved around New York City. Uh, Daily Rituals, Women at Work by Mason Curry. The, Revisiting the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Very good. Listen, I just, I got a lot to catch up on with you kids. And it's so wonderful to be here. Uh, thank you for your love, for your patience. Thank you to the Patreon supporters. Patreon.com slash Sarah Benincasa. Uh, there's a newsletter I do there four times a month called Serotonin. Again, it's on an irregular basis. When are you going to get your your issue of serotonin you don't know but it's gonna happen um (sighs) so i'm committing to you as i committed to the patreon supporters four times a month that newsletter and i'm committing to you twice a month twice a month at least this podcast if i'm feeling wild maybe more thank you everybody you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna do that's right i'm typing on the air honey typing on the air and i'm gonna shout out some folks from the patreon ah ah what a treat what a joy i mean obviously i appreciate everybody i want to give a shout out to chuck morgan thank you so much ooh 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 we, I mean, just, oh gosh, I want to give a shout out to Ann Kelsey 
and also Chuck Morgan. <laughs> um, I want to give a, a shout out. Gosh, there's there's more. There's just like so many people um, that are just awesome. Let's let's pick ten. Let's pick ten at random. Okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Lori Laratro, Brianne Boland, Jacob Payne, Eric Strayhorn, Daryl Bartley, Kate Lewis, Melissa Belasco. I'm doing more than 10. Scott Salyer, Dave Warner, Matt Westfall, Molly McGlynn, Audrey Wells, Brian Harris, John Gallagher, Deanna Jaworski, Rachel Berry, Jeff Ayers, Brody Kelly, Leanne DeLapp, Jay Hansen, Nathan Ralston, Tim, Terry Lynn Martin, Will Hines. I love Will Hines. Craig Lewis, The Mincing Mockingbird, fantastic pair of artists and business folk. I mean, just the list goes on. Krista Parkinson, Sherry, Christopher Young, David Liu. It's it's a delight. It's a delight. You know, most people are giving like a dollar a month, five bucks a month. Look, you can give more. Some people are giving more. Some people are giving more. Shout out to the newest patrons, actually, uh, Stephanie Hodnett, Tiff Keith, and Nicholas. But you know, some people are giving more. Some whatever. It's it's a it's it's a delight. And I'll tell you who I support, by the way, because I support some humans. <laughs> oh, on this here on on Patreon, I really dig. I dig Patreon very much. So I support um, The Small Bow, which is a great newsletter, which is now moving over to a different platform. But uh, just Google The Small Bow. It's great. And you can join the Wrecking Club. Um, I was supporting um, Baratunde, who I love, who's no longer active there. Um, uh, an ASM artist I dig named Daria Loksuna. I said her name wrong. She's Russian. Cora Harrington, the lingerie addict. Getting better with Ron Funches. Yay. Happy anniversary to Ron Funches and Christina Dawn. They are friends of mine and they are great. Colleen Doran, an incredible artist, has collaborated with the aforementioned Neil Gaiman and a zillion other people, done plenty of her own stuff. I mean, gosh, I really dig Patreon. This is not an ad for Patreon itself. It's an ad for mine, I guess. Anyway, patreon.com slash Sarah Benincasa. All right, just so much. I'm just like, it's a gab fest. It's a catch up. It's... When I went to a gathering, when we were told that gatherings were were more advisable than they are now, the first one I went to was a gathering thrown by Jenny Yang, uh, who's a wonderful comedian, and I got to meet her boyfriend, Corey, for the first time. I was very excited. This was in New York City at a at an indoor-outdoor kind of bar-restaurant situation. And I was so thrilled. And I went up to him and I said, I was so excited. It was my first time, you know, at a gathering, meeting people, stuff, new people, strange. And forever. I mean, I've lived alone during the pandemic. I I moved for my, my mental health largely um, and also because I didn't love fire season last year at all. Uh, I moved, you know, back east and I was just going to be back east for a few months and but I had been living just by myself, you know, through much of the pandemic. And then it, uh, October was able to move back east, rent a place and have a pod with my family, but still living by myself because it's better for us to not murder each other. And, um, and you know, I hadn't been doing like social stuff, right? And so, it, and wow, I was going to this party and I got to meet my friend's boyfriend. And I was so thrilled. And so I went up to him and I go, hi, Corey. I'm Jenny, Sarah's friend. And then I stopped and was like, wait, 
And he looked at me and we laughed and his friend laughed. And his friend was like, that was so cute. And I was like, wait, I'm not Jenny. I'm Sarah. Right. That's how you introduce yourself. You say your name. You say I am and you say your name. And then you could say how you know them or whatever if, if that comes up. <laughs> so I kind of feel like this podcast is, this episode is my first time back at a party or something. Ah, what a treat. Well, this has been fun. This is just one of them episodes where it's just me talking and I don't remember what I said really. I'll listen to it again. I might get embarrassed at some parts and then I'm going to publish it and that's just what's going to happen. Um, if you are looking for some of my writing, by the way, uh, com. I watched the Woodstock 99 documentary where I was, I was a crisis intervention volunteer on the crisis intervention team as a teenager. It is an extraordinary documentary in my opinion. Um, I think they did the best they could and I think the best they could was pretty fucking good. And I recommend it, but watch with care because it is full of terrible things, scary things. And, uh, you know, I am writing an essay right now for medium reflecting on my experiences and now as a 40 year old what I you know being there when I was 18 and what I knew and what I didn't and um knowing now like the full story and just thinking about that and all the the bad things that happened and yeah I don't know you know I was struck watching the, the documentary and I thought afterwards, I forgot, I forgot that when I started to hear how bad things got, and I never heard the full story until now, but when I started to hear how bad it got, how bad I felt that I couldn't help more women, more girls at that festival in my capacity as an undertrained, um, unpaid 18-year-old crisis intervention team member. And... I recognize that, that that is born of compassion, but not of rationale. Because rationally, I was one of, I guess, 10,000 staff and volunteers, many of whom apparently quit or just stopped showing up for, you know, estimates between 290,000 and 350,000 attendees. I don't know. It was a shit show. It was Firefest 1.0, but worse. Um... And I was thinking about how that sort of, I had forgotten that I felt that guilt and how that came back quite vividly after 22 years. You know, I've just stuffed it down and made jokes about it and all that stuff. I think that there are going to be when we, you know, there, there are going to be people, there probably are people already who feel, who are in the moment feeling guilt that they haven't been able to be of more service during this pandemic um, or who will feel that in the future when we're farther out of this thing in, say, five to ten years. Uh, when nature has taken its course and it's either weakened or become less transmissible or both. Whatever. And it's just thinking, you know, if you are feeling right now like, I haven't done enough, I haven't helped enough, blah, blah, blah. It's all right. Just you being kind, I think, helps. Just you being compassionate. Look, I, I know it's it's dicey to conflate... <laughs> The Woodstock 99 trash fire disaster with a global health crisis. But 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 what I'm trying to get to is the fact that 
I think that if, if you are a compassionate person trying to do a little bit of good in the world, in your corner of the world, in your corner of the party, in your corner of the office, in your corner of whatever, that, that quite often that's enough. Unless you are um, a governmental leader. And then you need to fucking do more. <laughs> and, and, and do it right. In the interest of that, please check out uh, Rice is Texas, R-A-I. C-E-S, racistexas.org, fantastic organization that is continuing to put pressure on the Biden administration to improve its policies, to abolish ICE, to reconnect families, and to provide a welcoming home for refugees in the United States. Also check out Miri's List, M-I-R-Y-S-L-I-S-T.org, Miri'slist.org which is doing the same thing, um, except more direct service. Rice's is a much bigger organization, right? They're doing direct service too. But Mary's List is focusing less on political advocacy and more on just fulfilling Amazon wish lists and helping newly resettled Americans um, uh, or, or new Americans settle in and access the social services and the help that they need. Oh boy. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, I just, I need to stop talking to you at some point. And go write that essay that I'm supposed to be writing right now. And unpack more of these boxes and maybe go meditate some more. And I don't know. Check in with the people you love. Um, I was thinking about uh, my pal Katie Lazarus who died last year. I talked about her on the podcast. You know, we weren't close, but she was a delightful human being and a pal for years. And then my good friend, Neil Mahoney, who, who I spoke about extensively on the podcast um, in an episode from earlier this year who died a few days after the Capitol riots. He's an amazing editor, an incredible person, and somebody I loved and love very much. Uh, just thinking about other folks. My, my friends, um, Courtney Ford and Taylor Orsi, who lost their beloved grandmother, who they wrote about very beautifully online. Courtney is a fantastic actress. And a fantastic storyteller and writer, by the way. And Taylor is an extraordinary writer and um, writer for television. They are just, you know, a stunning pair of siblings in so many different ways. So I was thinking about them and and their loss of, of their abuela, who was such a huge, their grandma, who was such a huge part of their life. And all the things that, you know, she died of COVID this year and all the things she survived survivor of residential school it's an indigenous person survivor of plenty of racism uh, as a mexican-american just thought about you know i thought about katie and i thought about neil i thought about courtney and taylor i thought about their grandma i thought about the people we've lost for different reasons Kate, katie died of cancer um uh neil died suddenly you know in in the way that People sometimes do, young people, and whether it's a heart attack or an aneurysm or a sudden stroke, <sighs> these things that, that really seem to just come out of fucking nowhere and come from within the person, you know, it's, it's, they're just, it, it was waiting in the body and it happened in the body. 
whatever it was. Like, though, you know stories like that. You probably remember from when you were a kid. It happens to kids and it happens to people in their 40s and it happens to much older people, much younger people. And then there's people with the lingering illness of cancer, which Katie fought for years and years. And then you have, you know, Courtney and, and Taylor's grandma who, who was in good health as an older person, a, a fashionable, beautiful older person who had a community that loved her and who who contracted covid before vaccine was available um to her i don't know yes this this has been almost 45 minutes of me talking about all kinds of things and going all over the place but I guess I'll wrap it up by saying that, that if you are holding joy and anger and sadness and regret and mourning and gratitude and all of those things in your heart in different measures every day, and I know sometimes the agony is a lot stronger and more present than the ecstasy, you are absolutely normal. You are absolutely where you're supposed to be. You're on track. It's okay not to be okay. We know that. Now let's remember that. All these boxes got delivered to this beautiful apartment that's mine. Well, it's the bank's. I'm paying for it for 30 years if, if, if I make all the payments. You know, I own, I own a home. I bought a home. So all these boxes were delivered more stuff than I could ever use. I, you know, it's not like you wouldn't come in here and go, oh, wow, look at all her many, you know, designer items or whatever. Um, it's stuffed to the brim, but it, it, I have more shit than I need. You know, all this stuff got delivered and I paid the guys and, and I just fucking cried. I was so stressed. Stressed about the move, stressed about people I care about, stressed about figuring out friendships now, stressed about my back hurting a little bit, stressed about my cat, stressed about oh, my mom's going to come help me and are we going to argue and is it going to be okay? Like, talk about problems of good problems, problems of privilege. And I fucking cried. I just cried and I felt very upset. And then I did the things that I do. Prayer and meditation and you know, talked to my shrink and, you know, drank water and peed and took a shower and shit and breathed and ate and did the human things. <laughs> like, Sometimes reactions are, are, are big these days and sometimes they feel very strange, but it's okay. It's okay as long as we keep going. I believe that. I believe it's okay as long as we keep getting back on track, finding our own recipe for health and happiness and success, giving ourselves grace and space and forgiveness. And I say all of this in the spirit of selfish altruism. I offer it to you because I'm trying to remind myself. I love you. I am grateful to you. Thank you so much for being here. I will talk to you soon. And I'm, I'm excited to introduce you to some of my friends and to get to meet some people with you through this podcast.
um, one of the great privileges of having a podcast is having this microphone and having an excuse to talk to people about lots and lots of things that I wouldn't bring up at a coffee shop. It's very exciting. All right. Take good care. Bye-bye.